I get up here and get the opportunity to brag on the Lord every week, several times a week, and, and uh, I don't think we do it enough. He is so good. Amen. Make sure you tell others about the goodness of God. Tell yourself. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself, you know, because God is so good to us. And, and I actually got to drive that car today. And uh, I was like, Lord, you would never know this thing 16 years old. And it's just, it's just amazing. It rides so good, drives so good. And uh, I said, and I thanked him. I said, it's like you just got your hand and you just don't let it wear out. And uh, I just praise the Lord for that. And uh, so, you know, God is so good. And we just thank you for being here tonight as we come to study God's word together. Uh, I started, a, uh, I didn't know it was going to be a series, but the Spirit of the Lord said, keep going, keep going. So I started Sunday on uh, a series topic, Destined to Win. Destined to Win. So this is going to be Destined to Win Part 2. And uh, I'm here to remind you of who you are and whose you are and what God has created you for. And you are created and destined to win in Christ, in Christ. Amen. And, uh, and I believe, I know for me it helps for me to go over these scriptures and, and God's plan uh, for me in the new covenant. Because if I don't, and I just listen to what's going on around me, it's like the drain in the tub, you know, it's like the water's still there, but you see this little tornado thing down at the drain, and you know something's happening, you know you're losing ground, and eventually you're not going to have any water in the tub at all. And uh, when I just don't focus and stay encouraged in the Word, it's like the forces of this, this world that we live in just want to drain it out of me, and I lose, I lose who I am. In Christ, And I'm telling you what, I love being the head and not the tail. I love being above only and not beneath. But if you're not careful, I, I'm here to warn you, if you're not careful, you will lose focus. And let me tell you what, the enemy, he's at, he is so smart. He has strategies that he has worked out for, for millennial. And he will trick you. And he'll cause it to be so slow, you won't even see the little tornado at the, at the uh, plug there or the drain until it's too late when you hear it start sucking air. And then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I've, I've lost all this ground. I don't want you to lose ground. I, I, uh, when we built our house many years ago, we put this uh, uh, whirlpool tub in there. That, and, and, and one of the things was I said, I don't want uh, my wife or if I'm in there, I don't want... It, the water to get cold, what do we do? And they say, oh, well, we put a, a heater on the circulating pump. Uh, the, old, the old school was you had to keep adding hot water, letting water out and keep adding hot water. But this here just keeps the same water hot. And uh, we've not used it that much, but uh, the times I, I, I have, I've flipped that thing on. And you could sit in there for a week if you wanted to. Uh, your skin might come off, but it, it stays warm. I love that. I love it. And uh, so... We don't want to let the devil gain any ground on us or let our, war, our, our hot water get cold. We want to stay hot for Jesus. Amen. So I just want to go back over some very, very fundamental scriptures that we must keep being reminded of uh, that Jesus has uh, taught us that is so important in this new covenant, which starts in the old in Deuteronomy 28. So I want us to go to verse uh, 1 in Deuteronomy 28, uh, there's 14 verses there that are about the blessings. I, I just want to quickly remind you of this is God. This is God saying what He wants for you and what He wants for me. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. There's promotion. 
promotion. God wants to promote you in your representation of the kingdom of heaven over the kingdoms of this earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. You'll just be living life and they'll catch up with you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause. The Lord will cause. The Lord will cause. We got it? God's doing this. It's not something we're having to do. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will. The Lord will. The Lord. This is God doing this for us. He will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people unto Himself, just as He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I've commanded you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. If you'll stay focused on me, he said, this, I'm the God, the only God, the true, the living God, and these are the blessings I want to bring to you. And then the next 53 verses gives us all the curses. If we take our eyes off of God, if we don't give God the credit, if we don't place our faith in His plan for us, there's a devil out there that's going to bring forth all these curses in our, in our lives, rightfully so, because he has a legal ground, because we violate the law, and when we violate the law, there's a curse of the law that will come upon us. I'm not going to read those. We'll get depressed and we'll need counseling, okay? <laughs> There's 53 verses of some of the ugliest stuff because the devil is ugly and he will take every advantage of our disadvantage that he can. Uh, but we got to go to Galatians 3 and 13 and 14 before we stop breathing uh, here because this here brings it into our new covenant, New Testament experience in and through Christ. The reason they celebrated uh, with great celebration and great feast and all that they did looking forward to the Messiah coming because they knew when the Messiah came, he would reverse the curse. He would turn things around. And that's why they were celebrating with prophecy and celebrating with worship and celebrating with types and signs. And, and they were doing the feast with great celebration because they knew there was coming a day when the Messiah would come and things would change. Well, you and I should jump up and down inside like never before because you and I are on the side that they were wishing they were on and they were celebrating it just in the anticipation of the Messiah coming. You and I have 
uh, he, he has already come. We have the full provision of what He came to fulfill. It is ours. It is ours right now. In, in all the atonement that Jesus Christ has provided for us. So we should be a people of greater celebration. Come on now. This is Wednesday night, but I'm telling you what, you're not that tired. If you know the truth, this truth will set you free. We should be a people of greater celebration because we're not dragging a four-legged lamb up to the altar anymore, hoping and praying and wishing one day that this curse could be dealt with. I'm telling you, we've got a cross and it is empty. We've got a grave and it is empty. There's a seat at the right hand of the Father and it is filled. Uh, he is interceding. Our elder brother has come. He has activated the will, the last will and testament, so that the transfer could take place, so that everything can be ours tonight. Here, this May, what, May 9th is it? May 8th, May 8th, 2019, it can be ours tonight. We don't have to wait, we don't have to kill another lamb, we don't have to wait for another feast, it is ours tonight by faith, hallelujah. Christ has redeemed, has, has, past tense, he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Those 53 verses that could make you really depressed. Let me tell you what. There was a Savior that stepped out of heaven, came from glory, and He came and He did what the prophet said He would do, and He fulfilled every one of those so that He could take the curse off of us to redeem us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For cursed is He who hangs on a tree. I'm telling you, they tried to stone Him to death. They could not. Uh, uh, you remember uh, Herod tried to have him killed as a child? He could not. Uh, they, they tried their best to push him off of a cliff. They could not. And, and Jesus said, nobody's taking my life. Nobody's taking my life. Why? Because he knew he had to come and not only shed sinless blood, but he had to shed that blood and he had to die on a tree. Because he wasn't going to sin to get the sin off of us. But he knew there was a... He and the Father and the, and the Holy Spirit had conspired and they had a law there in the Old Testament that said a curse comes on he who hangs on a tree. So he says, I'm going to that cross. You're not going to kill me at the whipping post. You're not going to kill me with stones. I'm going to that cross so I could get this curse off of the folks there at Christian Embassy so that you and I could celebrate something here tonight that those 53 verses of curses are not on us. We don't have to fear them because we are in Christ. And in Christ we are redeemed. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us for cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that what? Those 14 verses can come on us. That the blessings can come on us. Jesus wants you to have the blessing. I'm telling you what, that's enough to make you want to bump your neighbor and say, you ought to wake up. You ought to wake up and celebrate because God wants you blessed. He wants you more blessed than you look like you want to be blessed. That's what you should tell your neighbor. You know, God wants you blessed more than you look like right now that you want to be blessed. I hope somebody would wake up. I hope somebody would get up. I hope somebody would say, you know what? My God is worthy. He is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. He said in verse 13 of Deuteronomy 28, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you. I believe if God makes this up his mind that he's going to make something, if he could make the heavens and the earth, he could make the ocean and the rivers, and he could make the lakes, and he could make the Niagara Falls, and he could make the moon and the stars. If he could says he's going to make it, I guarantee you he's going to make it. He said, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. I'm going to make you the head. I pray, God, you would use me now, Holy Ghost, to bring revelation unto your people today that they would step into that which you, the Paul, 
potter are trying to mold them into as they are the clay. As we are your clay, God, make us, make us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. And if it's going to be done, it's going to be done through Christ. Through Christ. Ephesians 1.22, it says, And He, Jesus the Christ, He put all things under His feet. I'm telling you what, if you're dealing with something tonight, that is under the feet of Jesus. Don't you make it, don't you let it tell you how big it is. You tell Him how big your Jesus the Christ is. It's under His feet. He put all things under His feet. And he gave him to be head over all things to the church. Jesus says, I'm going to come back, reverse the curse. I'm going to take the curse off you, get the blessings on you. I'm going to put everything under my feet. And now I'm going to give that authority. I'm going to give that authority to the church. I pray the church would take it right now. I pray you, the church, would take it right now. I'm going to give that authority to the church, which is my body, Jesus is saying. You are my body, the fullness of of him, the fullness of him, and who fills all in all. Wow. He says, I want you to exercise. I want you to walk in this authority where everything is under your foot, under your feet. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you do a study of the book of Ephesians, it's a tremendous study of this epistle. It, uh, you might would say, unveils the mystery of the church better than any other epistle that I know in all my study. You find God's plan, His intention for the church is revealed in the book of Ephesians in great detail. And just to kind of give it a summation, we see in chapter 1 he begins and he shows us the form. Uh, he wanted to form a body here on this earth to express Christ's fullness to the earth. He says, Jesus is coming to me. The Father said, He's gonna, my son is going to be seated at my right hand. But we're going to send our spirit. The spirit is going to come and is going to form a body. Jesus says, I will build my church on this anointing, this power. And he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you and I are the plan of God. We, the, we are the church. It's not a building. It's who we are. We are being formed by God to be the body of the anointing, the body of Christ, the body of the anointing, the Christos, uh, and the, to be uh, manifest here in fullness on the earth. And then he goes on in Ephesians and he shows us uh, uh, that he, in second chapter and third chapter, where he's going to unite one people to be this body, both Jew and Gentile. It's not going to be about the old covenant. It's not going to, it, God's going to fulfill his promises to the Jewish people. That I'm here to tell you, none of us can change that. And, I, and to God be the glory, he, the, he chose these people to bring forth his son. We've been grafted into the vine. We're part of the family. But, but this, this church is not going to be an old covenant people because they, they produced, they, they gave forth the, the tribes, they gave forth the, the Messiah uh, through the bloodline that was promised. So now, as the Messiah came, and he came and he put his foot over all things, devil, you're going to stop it. Devil, you're not in charge here anymore. Devil, I'm putting you in your place, and I'm going to establish a body and it could be Jew and Gentile, and this one body I'm going to unite with my power in my name, and they're going to advance my kingdom. Hallelujah. 
And then the third thing he said to this body, he would equip this body. He would empower this body. And he would mature this body to extend Christ's victory over evil. That's where we're at tonight. We are here tonight to be equipped. We are here tonight to be reminded of the power that we have access to. Power that's not on the outside, but Christ in us, the hope of glory. The power of God in us. But let us not quench that power. Let us not deny that power so that it can be extended. We can extend Christ's victory over evil. Put a stop to the devil in your household. Put a stop to the devil's lies in your mind. So he wants to equip and empower and mature us, his people, to extend the anointing's victory over evil. So I'm here to tell you and remind you tonight something you already know, but the Christian life is supposed to be a life of dominion. The the Christian life that you and I are living is supposed to be a life of headship. You're to be the head and not the the tail. God never, you cannot find it in the New Testament, He never intended for His children to be victims here in this life, uh, to be uh, victims of adverse circumstances or victims uh, where the enemy can come in and just do what he wants to do. That's, that's why I often get amazed at Christians who are, who are always uh, afraid of the devil and always talking about the devil. I'm here to tell you, Jesus has defeated the enemy, the Bible says. So, so don't ever forget it, that on the cross, Jesus said it's finished. We need to come in the finality of what he and the victory that he has already won <clears throat> so that we stand in a place of victory and we rebuke and resist the devil and say, you ain't doing what you think you're going to do. And he has to flee from us. When Jesus arose, he rose triumphant. He rose triumphant. Let me tell you what, which means he's also rose triumphant over death. Death no longer has power over you, the believer. Because even if this body one day gives way as it will in time, you will never know the death that Adam knew. You will never know separation for God. Because for you, Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Death, where is your sting? You kill me, devil, you just promote me. That's all that takes place. So Jesus arose triumphant over the devil. So you and I, we no longer have to live under the power of the devil. Please hear that. You do not have to live under the power of the devil. The the problem most Christians live with now is they spend too much time exalting the power of the devil rather than exalting the victory that we have from the cross. I want to challenge you tonight to keep reminding yourself of what happened on the cross. Don't let Easter Resurrection Sunday become something of the past. Keep reminding yourself of what happened on the cross. And you keep reminding the devil what happened on the cross. If he's got the nerve to come into your uh, earshot, uh, earshot of you speaking, you remind him of what happened on the cross. Because the only power the devil has over you is what he can get you to believe that he has over you. But I'm here to come against and to contradict the devil and tell you he has no power over you. That you have all power been given to you in and through Christ Jesus. You cannot buy into the lie that he has power over you because you will then submit to that power. you got to remind him. You, you, you just you, you say, devil, you must have forgotten Jesus Christ bore my sin. 
He bore my sickness, my disease, and my infirmity on that cross. Devil, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't have power over me. And it has nothing to do with how many Bible verses I can quote. And it has nothing to do with how long I prayed today or whether I even prayed today. It has everything to do with when Jesus got up, I got up with Him. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. Hallelujah. He got up with the power over hell. And if you're a believer, you need to stop all that hell talk because you're not in danger of hell. Jesus says, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Let me tell you what, hell was created for Satan and his demons and anyone who would deny Christ, it was not created for a believer. So it shouldn't be something that's taken up all of our time. I'm not serving God to stay out of hell. I'm serving God because he got me out of hell. Somebody needs to rejoice. I'm not serving the Lord because I'm afraid of sin. I'm serving God because he redeemed me from my sin. Come on now. I'm not serving God so that one day he can try and make me right. I'm serving God because, let me tell you what, he's already made everything right. He took my place and he says, I will declare you to be righteous. And if you are therefore the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you need to celebrate who you are and whose you are because, let me tell you what, when he arose victorious, you arose victorious. And that means you have victory over death. You have victory over hell. You have victory of demons. You have victory over sin. You have victory over the grave. Oh, if we could really know this, we could really get freed up and start shouting and celebrating and praising God and worshiping God in a way that would be rightfully due unto Him. He has won the victory. It is finished. Oh, God, help us at Christian Embassy, Lord God, to tell the good news. Help us to go out of these four uh, walls and out of these doors into our neighborhood and into our sphere of influence and tell some good news. I said we need to start telling the good news. Folks need to hear what I'm telling you right now. I'm tired of folks coming to church and they just don't believe because they feel they have to get righteous before they can be righteous. They feel they got to get it all together before they can get it all together. They feel they got to deal with their sin before, you know, their sin is dealt with. Well, let me tell you what. They got to, you know, they just feel like they got to work, 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 work. The good news is, the good news is you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. That's why Jesus had to come and do it for you. And now it is finished. Hallelujah. He rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, and over even sin. Praise God. So now we got to find our life in Him. We got to find our being in him for me to live and move and have my being is in Christ. It is I'm going to walk, talk, live, praise. I'm going to tell the good news. I'm going to let everybody know. I can't help but tell everybody because I got to tell them what's on my mind. And that's what's on my mind. He did it for me and he'll do it for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have we have been brought into a life of complete dominion. We don't realize it. But that's where he's brought us so that we can reign in life through Christ. That we can reign, not water falling from heaven, but rule. We can advance his kingdom. We can reign through life, through life, through Christ. We have been fashioned for a life of dominion and victory. That's why you're so miserable when you don't believe that. 
Because you are, you are believing a lie going against the creative order of God in you. It's like you're trying to walk on your head instead of your feet, and you wonder why you always got a headache. Well, you're out of the creative order. You're out of the creative order to live sick, busted, disgusted, sad, miserable, complaining, whining, always uh, the short end of the stick. Let me tell you why. That's walking on your head. And no wonder you got a headache and you're giving other people a headache around you. Come on now, you were destined to win. You were destined to be the head. You were destined to walk in victory. You were destined to be the demonstration of the power of God here on earth to extend His kingdom and His victory. Hallelujah. I believe so many times we suffer because of a lack of knowledge. And that's why I'm committed myself, whether popular or not, whether labeled or not, I don't care. I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to preach the word. Some people say, well, you're like such and such preacher. You're like such and such preacher. I don't try to be like any other preacher, but I'm going to teach the word. And if they teach that same word, well, you can say what you want to say, but let's get in the word. Let's get in the word and let's get in the right part of the word for us today. Man, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, but the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So we don't need to live behind the veil. We need to come out, come out of our closet. There's a lot of folks coming out of closets today and advancing their, their philosophies and whatever. It's time the church comes out of their closet and say, wait a minute, we're the redeemed of the Lord. We're, that, we're not ashamed. What do you mean? We're the light to come in and dispel the darkness. We're the salt of the earth. There, there, is, a, there is a purpose that God has in us as we go forward in the love of God, but also in the power of God. See, see, if you don't know, if you don't know that, then it can hurt you. What you don't know can hurt you. Did you know that there is a 15-second act, just 15 seconds, that is the number one lifesaver in the world? And you can do it very easily. doesn't cost you Less than a penny, but it's the number one lifesaver in the world. According to the control, uh, Center of Control and Disease Prevention, hand washing, if done correctly, is the single most effective way to, spread, uh, to prevent the spread of communicable diseases. The number one way. Nosocomial infections are acquired when a patient is in the hospital and it's not related to why they're in the hospital, but it's an infection they caught. And the Center of Disease Control and Prevention estimates that over 2 million hospital patients acquire some of these infections each year because of the failure for proper hand washing. Costing over $45 billion and not to even bring in the cost of life. Just 150 years ago, the rate of women who died in childbirth was one out of every four. 25%. You had four pregnant women, one of them was going to die in childbirth. It's been reduced now to less than 1% when they got the revelation of hand washing. But not just the revelation of hand-washing, not just the knowledge that hand-washing, but the active participation of hand-washing. They had to consistently, they say, did not wash their hand over here and then they've done something else and then go in and... Do, no, they had to make sure they consistently had their hands sterilized, washed, before they went in for the childbirth. This is why the teaching and the application. I'm doing the teaching and I'm pushing, I am encouraging, I am 
kicking. I'm doing whatever I can to get you to apply it. Okay, because just knowing it in your head is not good enough. We got to go out here and live this thing. You got to apply God's word. That is so, so very important. See, it's the truth that you practice consistently that's going to bring forth the, the miraculous in your life. That's why when Jesus rebuked the disciples for having little faith, you remember he goes right on and says, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, he's not talking about size of faith. He's talking about endurance of faith. Somebody said, well, I tried it one time, but, you know, it just didn't work. I tried it twice, and it just didn't work. No, he says, you got to have, that's little faith. That's short-winded faith. That's, uh, you run from here to the door, and you're out of breath faith. He said, you got to consistently, you got to consistently, this has to become your lifestyle. This has to become your vocabulary. This has to become your mindset. This has to become how you make your decisions. This has to become how you're going to live your life. That you are the head and not the tail. That through Christ and His anointing in you, flowing through you, there ain't no devil, there ain't no demon. There's nothing going to stand between you and victory. There's nothing going to stand between you and advancement. There's nothing going to stand between you and what God has promised. Jesus has already hung on the cross to get the curse off of you, those 53 verses off of you, to get the 14 verses on you. He wants you blessed if you're in the city, in the field, coming in, going out. He wants you blessed if you're standing, if you're sitting. He wants everything you put your hand to, to be blessed. He told you what He wanted to get on you. That's who we are. The Bible shows you who Christ is, and as we see who He is, that means He is in us. And this is what He wants to do through us. In Mark 16, oh, what powerful verses we find there where Jesus Christ Himself said, and these signs shall follow those that believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Now, believing is not just head knowledge. Believing is, I believe so much, you know, it's like someone says, here's a bridge, here's the structural plans for the bridge. Here's the receipt from the contractors that's all been signed off. Here's the inspectors that says the bridge is good to go. It will hold up the way. All of that fact you have, but if you you truly believe, then you're going to cross the bridge because you're not just going by the facts. You now know and you put your life on it. Well, that's what we got to do. We got to go beyond just knowing all this uh, biblical truth and we got to step out and say, for me, for me. This Wednesday night going forward, I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to walk as a head and not the tail. I'm going to walk victorious. I'm going to walk. I am Christ anointed. Christ in me, my hope of glory. And these signs, Jesus said, shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Man, we need to start exercising that again. Because let me tell you what, there's a lot of devils. There's a lot of devils that are allowed to just bark and, and, and you do their thing. I hate to say bark because everybody thinks I'm talking about dogs. But, you know, I break some went into pigs to so squeal, whatever. But nonetheless... You know, cast out the devil. Speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents, and if they shall drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. What happened to Paul when that serpent took up on him? He shook it off. You remember? He shook it off. There's no devil, no serpent, no snake going to keep him back. Oh, my goodness. It's time that we say there ain't no serpent of hell going to keep us back. Whatever the devil latches on, we just shake it off. We keep going. He tries to poison you. You just keep on going as though you drank uh, some nice uh, country sweet tea. (laughs) 
They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus said this. This is the description of the new creation. This is the description of who Jesus says, I'm raising up. Hallelujah. The man or the woman born of God. Let me tell you what, this is not a promise. It's a statement of fact. He didn't say one day. He said this is a statement of fact. Hallelujah. Jesus was actually saying that with these signs, the world is going to recognize a new breed of man, a new breed of woman, something about those folks. Let me tell you, the world needs to see the demonstration of the power of God today like none other. There are so many lost, so many thinking that I can worship this or worship that or I can come up with my own thing because they're seeing nothing really that differentiates but Jesus said, signs shall follow those that believe. The world will see a new breed of men, a new breed of women walking in the demonstration of the power of God. And they will see these signs and be drawn to the God who works these miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time that we, the church, rise up and exercise absolute mastery over devils and diseases in the name of Jesus and function with superhuman capacity capabilities that will cause the world to marvel. Not because it's our plan, it's Jesus' plan. He said, these signs shall follow you. Man, snake going to jump out like with Paul down there saying, well, Paul, we want to hear about your God because a serpent bites a bad man and a bad man dies. But you got bitten and it didn't hurt you. So you're, you, you're either a God or you represent a God. The world today needs to see that. They need to see that in and through our lives. Hallelujah. See, when you're born again, you have received eternal life. It's the God kind of life. Amen? By virtue of salvation, John 3 and 16, it's the God kind of life. And it makes, us, it, makes it possible for us to live a life in complete dominion over every work of darkness that would come against us. Now, I know you say, well, you know, that's practically not what I'm seeing. I'm telling you, you need to have your mind renewed by the Word of God so that you can begin to believe like Jesus said, so you can begin to see the signs begin to manifest in and through our lives. Don't settle. Don't settle. This is what the Word says. The Word says, hallelujah, with this life of Christ, the anointing in you, no infirmity has the ability to destroy your body, so you shouldn't let it. You shouldn't let it. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, life to your mortal body. Stop waiting to get to heaven to get it. Now you can have the God kind of life in your mortal body through His Spirit who dwells in you. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost in us, the Spirit of Christ, the anointing in us. Hallelujah. We need to, we need to tap into, we need to by faith release so that we can rise up and be who God has created us to be. I want to help you understand your dominion in Christ. Dominion, derived from the Latin word dominus, power, victory what he's given you power victory it even means lordship it refers to one with sovereign power to control over a realm of territory it, it connotes kingly authority you're a royal priesthood 
Isn't that what the Bible says now in Christ? You're a royal priesthood. When are you going to start exercising your kingly authority? When are you going to exercise it? The legal rights to govern over the land, to exercise dominion. How he originally created us. He gave Adam and Eve. He says he blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion. Take exercise dominion over this earth that I've given unto you. Let me tell you what, Satan came in to try and interrupt that, but Jesus came to give it back to us. It's time we stop living like the first Adam and start living like the last Adam. I'm telling you, too many of us, we hanging out with the first Adam, oh, what we lost, and all the briars, and all the weeds, and all the sweat of the brow, and all the hardship, and all... No! We forget there's a last Adam that came on the scene, and he said, if by one man the devil could bring in all of this destruction by one man it could reverse the curse and Jesus Christ has already come he wants to dwell in you and flow through you to impact the world around you for his glory hallelujah hallelujah we as individuals or even as a group of persons with this kind of authority as the case may be would be the supreme authority on the land, occupying, occupying in the most exalted and distinguished positions. And that's what Jesus said, occupy till I come. I need you. Let me tell you what, we need to obey. If you want to obey the Word of God, obey that. He said, I want you to occupy. I want you to exercise dominion over the land. Dominion so that the devil just can't do what he wants and take who he wants and destroy what he wants. Dominion can be defined as authority with honor, with rights, and with privileges of royalty. Come on, royal priesthood. Rise to the occasion. Come on, royal priesthood. Rise to your calling. Do it in your, over your body first. Over your home second. Come on now. And then you can start over your neighborhood. You can start in the workplace. You can start in the school district. You can start in the marketplace. But let me tell you what, let us start now in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 1.22, we go back to, he put all things under his feet and he gave him to be head over all things to the church. To the church! He wants us to walk it out. He wants us to walk that headship out. He wants us to walk that dominion out. He's given it to the church, which is His body. We are members of the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head of this body, the church. And the Bible says all things have been placed under His feet. And let me tell you what, from simple biology, we know that feet are a part of the body. And if all things are under the feet, that means, let me tell you what, everything is under the body of Christ. Sickness and disease and every plan of the devil is under the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And it's time that we begin to rise up and move in the power of who God has called us to be. Amen. We are the body of Christ. And all things, all things, all things. There's no exception here. All things. Now, with this dominion, no infirmity can reign successfully in your body if you exercise the authority you have. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. You say, I'm not getting into this theology. You know, you know the devil. You know, I'm telling you, you can, you, can, you can lessen it. You can try and explain it. You can try to, oh, I got sickness. You're saying I'm, I'm a bad person. No. If sickness has come against you, it means the devil says you're a target that's a threat to him and he's trying to attack you. Yeah, that's right. 
But just because he set his, his target on you doesn't mean you gotta, you got to just live that way. You can rise up and say, there's a spiritual warfare going on, and now I know where the battle is. And I'm, I'm going to rise up and take authority. I'm going to rise up and claim the victory. I'm going to rise up and fight against the devil because I know greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So it's not all this, well, I'm a bad person. You're probably coming under attack because you're a good person. If the devil already had you in his coffers, he probably could care less. He probably would give you gummy worms to eat and keep you where you're at and just let him stay there because he's already got you going to hell. So, so, so this thing about, you know, well, I, don't, I can't go and tell anybody I got sickness because they'll think I'm bad. No. If anybody's got an understanding, they're like, wait a minute, my brothers come under attack. My sisters come under attack. There's a reason. The enemy's afraid of the destiny and the calling of God that's in you and he's trying to take you out early and I want to come alongside with you and bring my faith with your faith and I want to help fuel and fire the flame, uh, fan the flame so that we can, we can walk in victory. We're going to claim this victory for Jesus just like soldiers would do on the real field. Yeah, when you get a soldier on the real battlefield that's come under fire, the other ones don't say, well, he ain't shooting at me. <laughs> he, he ain't shooting at me, you know. I'll just stand over here and just watch. No. No. Man, they start coming up with a plan that we're going to come. You ever watch Black Hawk Down? Uh, I think that was the name of it. Man, they're coming up with a plan, putting their life on the line to go out there and rescue their fallen brother or their fallen sister that, uh, that, that's under attack there. We don't look at, oh, he must be a bad person. That devil's shooting at him. He must be a bad person. <laughs> we don't think of it that way, but the devil tricks us, tricks us so that we won't fight in the way from the position of victory and faith so that we'll just succumb to it and let him do what he wants to do. No, no, you know, no. That's why we have the healing rooms and the healing school that we want to we help teach everybody we can. We want to help pray for everybody we can. We want to help renew every mind that we can. That You don't have to live that way. And if you come here on a Sunday or Wednesday, you're going to have a consistent message from here. That's not God's plan for you. That's an attack of the enemy. Fight back. Fight back and we'll teach you how to fight. Hallelujah. No infirmity can reign successfully over your body because it's been placed under your feet. Yes. You're the body of Christ. Yes. Therefore, we have to refuse to be a victim to the sickness. We have to refuse to be a victim to the enemy. We have to refuse it. Somebody said, well, Pastor, what if you go out with sickness one day? I said, I'll take my last breath, and if I've got uh, soundness of mind, which I will, because I'm not giving that up, I will be declaring by his stripes I'm healed, and I'm going to fight that devil with every bit of the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the word of Jesus that I've got. But I don't believe that's going to happen because I'm learning how to fight. Do I know exactly? I'm, no, I still have to go through PT, physical training. i got to go through... You know, prophecy training. I got to go through faith training. I got to build that muscle up. Because if I just eat Doritos and sit around, you know what? It, the, the devil's going to get the upper hand. Eating Doritos and getting slack on growing in my faith. It's, it's making that analogy. I really don't even like Doritos. That's one temptation I don't have. But nonetheless, it makes a point. And nothing against Doritos if somebody likes them. Just, that's between you and... Your, your scales. Oh, okay. First Peter 2 and 24. 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Is he bearing your sins today on the tree? Is he bearing them right now? No, he's not on the tree. This is a done deal. This is a done deal. If you're in Christ, everything that he did is already yours right now. He bore your sins in, uh, in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. It's past tense. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. But someone may say, well, I'm a Christian. Why do I still get sick? God says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Isn't that what the Bible says in Hosea 4 and 6? My people are destroyed. Another, in Isaiah, 50, uh, Isaiah 5 and 13, he says, uh, my people are gone into captivity because of their lack of knowledge. Ignorance of God's word regarding our dominion can keep us in bondage. Don't make us a bad person. It just makes us not know who we are and whose we are and the, the authority that we have so we don't have faith to exercise that authority. I want you to discover the truth. I want you to be equipped to fight back in this war and to shake off that infirmity that's tried to plague you. And, and, and I want to see you walk free. I want to see every one of the children of God walking free on this earth, free from the, the, the attacks and free from the strongholds of the enemy. Jesus exercised dominion over sickness, disease, and death. He said, I've given you the example on every occasion, on every occasion. Never did he say, no, not today, you got to go. No, you got to live with this thing another three more months so it's, you learn something. You, you got to learn something now. It's going to make you humble. You got to learn how to be humble. So, you know, go six more months right before you die. I'll come back. And if you've changed a little, we can maybe work this thing. Never, never, never. On a certain occasion, a man was leprous and he came and he worshiped Jesus, asking Jesus to heal him. Matthew 8 and 2, he says, uh, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put his hand and touched him, said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Now notice that Jesus didn't even address the infirmity. He, he didn't say, leprosy, I command you in the name of Jesus. Come in alignment with the word of God. Leprosy, I put chains on you now. Leprosy, I put... You know, he didn't say any of that. He didn't say any of that. It's almost like he refused to recognize its presence because it wasn't even a factor. He just said, be clean. Now, that's authority. That's authority. He knew who he was. And I'm telling you, if Jesus said, what you've seen me do, you're going to do as well. But even greater things, if we'll, if we'll know our authority, we don't have to go and negotiate and argue and, and have a 30-hour a, a a, a, a wrestling match to get somebody freed up of a demon. You know what? Go. Another time Jesus was teaching and a demon manifested. Somebody was interrupted. He said, shut up. Sit down. You didn't hear any argument. He knew his authority and he exercised it. And he was demonstrating that for us. For us. Another occasion, there was a funeral procession and he tells the mother, he said, don't cry. And he just simply touched the casket and he told the son, her dead son, rise. And the boy was raised back to life. They were on their way to the funeral. He just says, arise. And the account of Lazarus, the Bible shows that he didn't even recognize death as he, as, as, as he prayed for Lazarus. He just called his name, said, Lazarus, 
Come forth. Here's how I come against the spirit of death, that darkness that has sucked out the very life of your lungs and that decay that is in your body. I come against it to reverse it right. No, he didn't have... Yeah. Lazarus! He had to call his name Lazarus or probably everybody would have come out, okay? <laughs> and there's folks today say, you know, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And, and, and he can act like that. That's Jesus. But the Bible says in 1 John 4 and 17, get that scripture, 1 John 4 and 17, in your mind, as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. Hallelujah. And in John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, Jesus speaking, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. If you believe in him, the works he does is the work you will do. What you've seen him do, he wants you to do. What you've seen him do, he wants you to do. we got to believe that. We gotta believe that. And because I go to my Father, greater works are you gonna do, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? The Father is glorified in the Son when we walk and talk and manifest the expression of the power and the authority and dominion of God here on this earth. Yes. Man, it breaks my heart of the glory that the Father through the Son is not getting because the church is so passive that we just allow, we put up with, we excuse, we, we somehow or another, uh, we, we try to soften it. No, don't soften it. Man, you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You have every power of darkness under your feet and God wants you to exercise dominion. So stand tall on God's Word. Stand tall on God's Word. Jesus promised us that we operate like He did. These greater works will be the, will be the testimony of our lives. Jesus gave you all power. He said that in Matthew 28 and 18. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And He could have stopped there, but He didn't. He so now, therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He says, this authority, if you'll, as I come in you to work through you, the authority I have is the authority you have to expand the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God. All power in heaven. All power in the earth. All power belongs to Jesus. And this automatically means that you and I, if He is in us, why is it that greater is He who is in us than He was in the world? We don't get that. That means all the power of heaven and all the power of the earth is, is in us to flow through us as His representatives, as His delegated uh, uh, sons and daughters of royalty here on this earth. Hallelujah. 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 He said, until I come back, I, I want to put you in charge. I'm going to build a church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You can use your authority right now. You don't even have to wait till you get off of this property. You can use it right now over demons, over diseases, over spirits of poverty and spirits of lack, spirit of death. You can use your authority right now, and you need to expect them to comply. Because you have the authority that He has granted you. And you can exercise that over your own body. 
You're the custodian of your body. Now, you're, you are God's property, right? We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are His form and fashion beings. So He has given us custodianship over our body. We need to exercise authority over our body. You don't let your body just do anything, eat anything, say anything, listen to anything, look at anything, or take on anything. The devil says, here, I'm going to want to give you sickness. You say, no, I'm not taking it. No more than if someone came and says, I want to smear cow manure all over you. You'd be like, I'm running from that. We'd run more from cow manure, which might do a big, be a good facial. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll let the devil just put on us anything he wants. Come on now. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When we, when we operate without authority, we're glorifying God in our body. That our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Our body is a witnessing, living testimony of God's power on earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when the devil tries to bring his hand against your body, you command him, take your hands off. It's God's property. Take your hands off. This belongs to God. Devil, you have no right to reside here. I rebuke you. I resist you. You got to go. Amen. So when you leave here tonight, I want you to make up your mind that you're going to go ahead and reign. That you're going to reign. You're going to operate in the dominion that God has called you to. Make up your mind that you're never going to be a victim of sickness and disease. And if, you're, if there's any sickness and disease, you're in war. You're not a victim. You're in war. You're a warrior. And you say, you're going. You're getting out of my body. You're going. Pig, you better come around here or I'm sending you to dry places but spirit infirmity. You got to go. You make up your mind that you're never going to be a victim of oppression again. You're never going to be a victim of poverty again. If poverty, spirit poverty has his hands on your checkbook, you need to take authority over it tonight. Tonight. And say, devil, you get your hands off. You're the thief. I bring the tithe, the whole tithe into the storehouse. And my God, I'm in covenant with. He rebuking the devourer. And there are no holes in the money bag that God has given to me. There's blessings running me down. There's overflow from heaven coming. I can't even contain it in the name of Jesus. Make up your mind you're not going to be a victim to Satan anymore. Amen. See, the salvation purchased for you by Christ Jesus was and is still perfect. Yes. It was and it still is perfect. You're no longer an ordinary, come on now, human being that's just subject to the limitations of this world. You're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High God. You're a king. You're a priest. You're a royal priesthood. Come on now. So when the enemy tries to show up in your body, command him in the name of Jesus to go and he will go. And when he tries to come into your life or those around you, you command him in the name of Jesus to go and he will go. The Bible says, if by one man's offense death reigned through one, how much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. How much more? God, help us. Help us to fulfill this scripture that if sin can reign, how much more can victory in Christ reign because of the last Adam? Hallelujah. Exercise that dominion exercise that dominion. Don't let sickness, don't let disease, don't let poverty, don't let lack, 
Don't let the lies of the devil. Don't let limitation. Don't let it hold you back. Let me tell you what. It's your right as a Christian to reign. It's your right. It's your calling. It's the plan of God. It's the whole reason Jesus went on a cross, on a tree, to get the curses off of you, to get the blessings on you, that you can rise up like light in a dark world and show that there is a God who still is all-powerful, but yet all-loving. And we can let the world know who He is. You're destined to win in Christ. You turn from Him, you're in a bad place. You're destined to win in Christ. Embrace Him the more. Love Him the more. Live for Him the more. Worship Him the more. Celebrate Him the more. Because He has done all of this for you so that He can now live in you and expand His kingdom through you. Amen? Amen? Amen. You're destined to win. And I pray that you would rise up to your divine calling. And walk out of here tonight standing taller on the Word of God than maybe even when you came in. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, I just thank you for your Word that keeps reminding us over and over and over. We can turn here. We can turn there. We can look here. We can look there. There's a type. There's a shadow. There's a fulfillment of that. There's a prophecy. There's a fulfillment of that. Lord God, whether we're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, we see your whole plan to win never do we see you defeated never do we see you defeated and we see the end of the book Lord God and we see you win but we now are in this church age and this time and this season and this covenant with you where you want to exercise your victory and your anointing and power in and through fallible sons and daughters who without you can be like the flowers of the field and the grass of the field here today and gone tomorrow but when filled with you and operating by faith we can look like your son Jesus and we can walk in power and we can command the evil spirits and we can come against spirits of infirmity And we can advance your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Oh God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I I, I preach this word, but Holy Spirit, I'm depending on you. And I'm asking you to help, Lord God, in every way possible to remove every, every scale from our eyes. And to remove everything that would cause a deaf and dumb spirit so that we're not hearing what you were saying, so we're not speaking what you say. Lord, we come against that deaf and dumb spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That we'll see it, we'll believe it, we'll exercise it. And we won't be sons and daughters of little faith that run a little short distance and then out of wind and given up. No! Persistence. Persistence. That we're going to stand on your word and we're going to stand in faith and we're going to stand in victory and we're going to hold fast our confession of faith and we're going to stand against every force of darkness and every force of the enemy coming against us because we're going to stand in a position of victory even if we're not experiencing it at the moment. We know it's coming. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. We're not backing down. We're not giving ground. We're going forward because we know your word has promised it, Lord. And we're moving into it.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you, Holy Spirit, would take these words and seal them to our heart and our mind and our soul in such a way, Lord, that the enemy cannot steal it. I know you said that the enemy's there trying like vultures, like, like the bird of the air, trying to steal the seed, steal it as soon as it comes. But Lord God, I pray, scatter shot would run off every demonic attack of thievery that this word would go into good soil hearts of men and women hearts of sons and daughters hearts of your redeemed tonight and it would begin to bear good fruit 30, 60, 100 fold multiplied multiplied favor multiplied power multiplied anointing multiplied advancement multiplied promotion name of Jesus Lord I can't make a commitment for each and every person here but I can make it for myself and Lord I'm committed I'm going to walk in your word I'm going to walk in your way and I'm going to worship you and thank you and praise you all along the way because I know what you promised is, is better than a promise it's already done it's done it's finished it's done we're just going to walk in, see the manifest in Jesus' name. So, Lord God, we just commit our way into you as we take your word now and take it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God.